That's right. Said he would come down with a new style. He said, My break free from reality with me. This time around, well, you can see that there ain't nothing but you and me, and we and know it's been turtles all the way down. And that you're not real. All the way down. I'm not real. Um, time. You're really time. unreal. Time's and, uh, not a thing. By that, I mean you don't exist. Um, and God. I don't either. I, not like a thing, but time you're also time. God. Uh, it's complicated. We should probably start the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Sacred Shame. This is Seamus Harvey here with you once again. Uh, hi to all my new friends. Uh, had a decent spike in listenership. Uh, jumped by about 70% in the last couple of days. So welcome all you new folk uh <laughs> i hope you stick around we we have a lot of fun uh i can be a fairly interesting person sometimes when i want to be uh sometimes not when i want to be anyway <laughs> tonight's guest is um is a wonderful new friend of mine uh also a podcaster herself she's a co-host of the psychedelic podcast um, on Apple and Spotify and all those great platforms, she is a shaman, which is super interesting. And uh, she comes from a mixed cultural background, Indian American. Um, yeah, really interesting story. So her name is Dawn Wallace, and she's going to walk us through her whole spiritual journey to becoming a shaman. Um, even when not really wanting to become a shaman, it's uh, something thrust upon you, which I feel is a pretty shaman thing to have happen. I don't know that a lot of people actually are like, I'm going to be a shaman. I think it's just really something that generally happens. And Dawn does a great job of talking about that journey and about dealing with energy and magic in this world. So uh, going to get into that interview, going to jump to a quick commercial break here, and then we'll be back with Dawn Wallace here on The Sacred Shame. Hey everyone, Seamus Harp here. Super excited to talk about my new sponsor, Ama Healing, amahealing.co. They are manufacturers and purveyors of fine hemp extracts. CBD products, phytocannabinoids, all of the good health things to get your body in the best shape possible uh, from a mentality and focus standpoint. And I use these fuckers every day. Literally, uh, their CBD extract and their um, Elevate Elixir, I credit with basically keeping me alive. Uh, If you're a, a, a listener to the show, you'll know that I've been dealing with cancer uh, for the last six months or so and um, just from the cancer and the inflammation and the treatment for the cancer I feel foggy in the brain uh, a lot of the time and the products from amahealing.co specifically the CBD oil hemp extract and uh, and the elevate elixir are really doing so much to keep me from being foggy and just feeling like blah and the team is amazing. Matt, Ted, all the guys and gals and peoples at amahealing.co. Love you guys so much. Uh, go to amahealing, A-M-M-A-H-E-A-L-I-N-G dot C-O. Use the code FUCKCANCER and uh, maybe get a little discount from, uh, from your boy Seamus Harvey. Again, that's amahealing, A-M-M-A-H-E-A-L-I-N-G dot co. I am Seamus Harvey. Hey, everyone. Um, we are here on the Sacred Shame. And uh, today's guest, and we don't have very many of them, but um, uh, Dawn Wallace. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Is that correct? Okay. It's pretty, seems like it should be simple, but you never know. Like people, my, you know, my name is Seamus Harvey, Harvey, but I get... Seamus is weird. So you get Seamus and Seamus and Seaman and all kinds of weird stuff. But uh, but yeah, Don Wallace seemed 
like it should be pretty simple. But anyway, uh, Dawn is uh, a shaman and she's, um, did you describe yourself as a forest witch, green witch? What, is that accurate? That's pretty accurate, yeah, okay. I'd say. Awesome. Um, so uh, Dawn is also a co-host of another podcast called The Psychedelic Comrades. Um, I, I would have said on Anchor FM like me, but I think that they've moved to, to Podbean now. Um, but you'll find them on Spotify and Apple and everywhere else that you'll find. Fine podcasting material. Dawn, welcome to The Sacred Shame. Thanks for having me on, Seamus. I really appreciate it. And I've really uh, been digging your show so far. Thanks. Uh, I, I pretend like I know what I'm doing. I think, you know, most of it is just sort of banging on a keyboard and pretending, you know, the meme of the dog. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, <laughs> people seem to like it. I'm just going to keep moving in the direction that the energy is pointing me. Awesome. So, um, Love having magical folk on. I uh, haven't had that many of them. Um, it's, a, it's a weird time to be uh, an energetically attuned person right now. Uh, the world is uh, kind of on fire around all of us. And uh, yeah, I'd love to start there. Did, did you get any, did you get any um, premonitions that it was about to get weird? I didn't, because um, I had a lot going on um i was actually in december in india with my family my uh my mother's side of the family is from india so we were all there visiting with uh, my husband and my children and uh when we came back things slowly started to kick off and i mean you know 2020 was supposed to be a big year in general i mean numerology wise and retrogrades eclipses all this kind of stuff stacking on top of each other so, I mean, I had an inkling, but I never really thought a whole lot about it because there was so much going on in our personal lives, transitions and things like that. So I was sort of just focused on that, but I did um, hear a lot of stuff in the community around me. Like my very close inner circle is pretty much all sort of like me in the way of being really in tune and connected and very spiritual and I, I did have some friends that were saying like something crazy is about to happen and there was a lot of a lot of concern. I almost don't want to call it fear, but it was a little bit of fear and stress um, that a lot of us were kind of picking up on. So I didn't really know things were going to be the way that they are until it really started off. Yeah, I, I had, I guess, a similar experience. Um, all of the bells and whistles were going off from friends of mine that were like, hey, the energy's shifting, this is gonna be weird, uh, you know, 2020 is gonna be this whole thing. And, but they do that a lot, uh, even when it's not, even when it doesn't seem to shift. So you, you get kind of into a, um, a boy crying wolf situation. And, and uh, I similarly had a lot going on. Um, I got diagnosed with cancer just the first part of this year. And so my energy wasn't exactly tuned uh, to to shifts. And man, uh, what a what a ride 2020 has been so far, uh, for sure. Uh, when, at what age did you realize that you you were in touch with energies beyond what normal people were? Um, and also sort of a follow-up to that is like, what, um, what religion or lack thereof did you grow up in? And what was, what was your family's take on? Because you, you said, it sounded like you got into it pretty early. And I, I'd love to know, you know, what your coming out was like to your family. So it's really interesting. I grew up third culture, which means um, that I was born in a country that my parents were not from. So my mom's from India, so she was raised as a Hindu. And my father was American, and they met in Germany. So I was raised by a Hindu mother in Catholic Germany. Um, I had Catholic nannies, and I attended Catholic German school at one point. But I was also raised in the, the military, in the army specifically. So... I always had a wide range of experiences, cultures, societies, and beliefs around me growing up. And every summer, 
uh, when school let out for vacation, I was sent off to India. Um, so I have had many mystical experiences from, from way early on. One of the first experiences that I, I wasn't aware of at the time, um, when I was born, um, they, they laid me on my mother's chest and as a newborn baby, I, I raised my head up off of her and looked around the room and made eye contact with all the attending staff. And they all said, whoa. <laughs> You're not supposed um, to be able to do that. You're right. Yeah. Um, but she essentially raised me very like multicultural, but also to just have respect for everyone's beliefs and regardless of what they are. And she always told me that, you know, God is in everything, literally everything, plants, animals, rocks, you name it. And so from a very early age, I just sort of took that for granted that everything had the same sort of mystical power or energy. And um, I think one of my earliest memories was being maybe six at the oldest and playing with friends and telling them like, okay, we are going to go through this portal and we're going to go explore this other dimension. And, you know, that was like, that was pretend to me. And I don't even know where these ideas came from or anything. And it wasn't until hell, maybe earlier this year or later last year that I started, you know, actually experiencing and creating these portals on my own and realizing, oh my gosh, I did this as a child. This is child's play literally to me. Um, so it's weird because the older I get, the more I connect my new experiences and lessons to things from my childhood that I actually had been doing in play or in my imagination. Um, so it never really comes as a, as a surprise to me when I learn something new and coming out to my family um, has been interesting and has been in different stages because I mean, even my mom was telling me about, you know, her like out of body experiences and things that she would have, you know, in the early morning when the, when you're like in a half waking state. So I never really thought much about having mystical experiences, but because I was raised to kind of see them as almost normal. I didn't talk about them very openly because I was already aware of the fact that I was considered weird to most people because, you know, um, in India, I was the American girl. In Germany, I was also the American girl. But then later on, when I moved to the States, I was the German girl. So like, I've always been an outsider. So I like pick and choose when I share things and with whom, especially because being an army brat, people don't stick around for very long. Yeah. So in your relationships, you either keep it shallow or you go, you go all in. Um, but in terms of my family, actually, when I was in India this last time, I had really fully embraced a lot of different things like reading energy, feeling energy, moving energy through myself to other people, um, messing with like crystals and things like that. I had just really gotten into crystals and actually went to a crystal dealer in India and got a whole bunch of different crystals that were really interesting. Yes, that's very nice. Actually, mine are all uh, upstairs, but my kids are up there. So. I, I did the same thing that you were talking about. I was uh, actually very, uh, as, a, as a kid, I was very, very drawn to, um, to minerals and crystals and rocks. And like, that was, that was what I collected. You know, some kids collected baseball cards or action figures or something. I collected rocks um, and with, with a lot of crystals. And I did the same thing. Like, I would like go out with my friends. Like, I would bring my rocks with me, my stones, my crystals. And I'd be like, cool, we're going to like, we're going to call forth this energy. And it was, and it was totally play to me at the time. I was raised very staunch Roman Catholic. And um, so this was, you know, this was in fictional realm. So mom could be okay with it. Uh, but yeah. And then now uh, I do that with a little more intention. Uh, it, but it, it, again, it feels very natural to me. Yeah. Saying. yeah yeah it's that's really cool so like after i visited this crystal dealer i was sitting it was like after dinner at my with my my indian family and we were all there like we were just it was my mom my grandmother my mom has two sisters so it was like three generations uh and then my cousin who is also you know she and i have kind of been on the same path over the last few years, getting really in touch with our mystical sides. 
Um, and she's about 10 years younger than me. So it's been a lot of fun to like see each other go through similar things and like give pointers or guide each other or say, hey, check out this, this cool new thing or whatever it was. Um, and so we were all sitting there, you know, two, three cousins, aunts, um, and my grandmother. And I started to pass my crystals around the table and say, okay, hold it in your hand and tell me what you feel. And, you know, I pretty much thought that most of them would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But even the skeptical ones would take the crystals in their hands and close their eyes and tell whoever was paying attention at the time. I mean, everyone at this point had crystals in their hand and they were all talking about it. And I just kind of sat back and I was like, I did this. I got everyone on the same page of my weirdness and they're all here and they're all vibing with it. This is great. That's awesome. And then later my, my grandmother, you know, she told me, she said, all this energy stuff, all this, this the crystals and everything, this is all real and don't, don't stop, you know? So it was very encouraging. That's really, really interesting. Um, I have not had the same um, I have not had the same response from my family. Um, my family essentially tolerates me. Then <laughs> uh, we just we just don't talk about it in uh, in polite company, and they they ignore uh, my stuff, and I don't go to their church anymore, and we call it a day. Um, so that's really cool that you were able to do that. So you you hold yourself out as a shaman. What is, what does shamanism mean to you? <laughs> I never wanted to call myself a shaman as much as I thought shamanism was really interesting. Um, so in college, I studied anthropology. I have a bachelor's degree in cultural, cultural anthropology um, with a minor in professional writing. So after college, I became um, a reporter. But anyways, I was always fascinated with shamanism in various cultures and sort of that typical um, archetype of, you know, the man who lives outside of the village, who doesn't interact much with the people, but the people go there when they, they have a crisis, they need healing, something is wrong, they're out of answers, they go there and this person, you know, does something. Some of them, you know, talk to them or, or give them a potion to drink or, just shock the absolute hell out of them to get them to see a different worldview for a minute and just all these layers of it what actually happened was that i slowly became aware of my ability to heal um i studied reiki and i studied um different energy healing modalities and tried to figure out where it was that I fell into the spectrum because I already knew that I had some type of healing capacity and I had been told by various psychics that I had, you know, healing hands and healing abilities and things like that. I didn't need Reiki or some sort of pre-described system. I could do these things on my own. And so I was confused for a while about how to do that, how to figure it out. I tried to get a lot of answers from other people about what do I do? How do I do it? You know, and no one has the answer for that because you're supposed to figure that shit out on your own. So what you're, um, what you're, what you're describing. Uh, so one, I, I know very few people that would call themselves a shaman and uh, they all have a very similar story to what you're describing uh, right now. And I've always thought that a, a really great tie into that is, is the concept of a medicine man in, um, in Native American culture. Yeah. And the fact that there was no apprenticeship, like you, you could not go study to be a medicine man. Like you had, the, the, the universe had to tell you that this is what you were supposed to do. And you had to walk out into the woods and figure it out. And uh, that's what's, uh, that's that, every time I've ever heard someone talk about their shamanism story, it's always been something like that. Like, yeah, I, I read books, I went to classes, I studied this and the, it just wasn't there. I it wasn't until I jumped in the deep end myself and just figured out how to work with this energy that I've always had in me. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, th I think that's fascinating. Um, I never the, even wanted to call myself a shaman. I just started to call myself that because that's what other people have been calling me. So I was like reluctant to give myself any kind of name, like even Green Witch, I just used that as a way of 
finding information that's helpful to me because it's what I resonate with on some level. But I even don't like to call myself a witch necessarily because that's, it seems to me to put me into a box. And like I said, I, I don't have a box. There's no way I could be in any kind of box. Um, so one of my really early experiences with energy healing actually came from um, my mother. It's funny, I keep going back to her, even though I've not talked about her much recently. But um, she, she always asked me to rub her feet. And I thought, okay, well, whatever, I just rub her feet. And she said, well, you're so good at it. You're so good at it. And I just thought she was saying that because I was her daughter and I was probably, I just knew her feet really well, you know. But the more I did these kinds of things, the more I started to realize that I was understanding a lot more about her body and her energy from rubbing her feet than I was aware of. Like it just, it grew into something different where, I started to realize that I could do that to pretty much anyone. Like I started to pick up on people's pain and I started to pick up on people's, people's needs, like medical needs or um, mineral needs or activity needs. Like, oh, you really need to go for a walk in the woods or you really need to drink more water or, you know, whatever it was. And I had, um, experiences that you could say would have me you know people said oh you're an empath because I would feel pain in my body somewhere and I thought this is really strange and then somebody would go oh I have this feeling in my chest and I would be like oh, okay that's not me that's actually you and you know those kind of experiences I don't even like to pigeonhole myself as an empath because I think being an empath is a symptom of all these other things I've got going on so I think I'm just super in tune with other people's energy and their body. And, you know, it started essentially because I was rubbing my mother's feet, but I was really feeling where she was carrying stress in her body. And it, it just kind of grew out of that. Yeah, that's, I, I see very, very similar, um, sorry, I'm, I'm, kind of at a loss for words here. Um, I, I, it, I feel uh, very similar to how I, I came to this as well. Like I, um, uh, it was just something that I, I, I used to ignore that. Uh, and then as I started paying more attention to it, it just, um, I just realized that I, I knew things, I knew about things, I knew how things worked, I knew how energy moved. And then once I actually realized that it was energy and that it was flowing through everything. And you, you talked about this earlier, and I think so many people get caught up on this, is that they make this distinction um, between like, like organic and inorganic or live and not live. And I think, I think that that's just such a false dichotomy there is that it really is everything is everything. It's like this energy that's in us, it's in this table, it's in this screen, it's in the walls, it's in everything. And that there really is, there is no us and them. It's really just all us. It's really, we're all the same energy. And when you just try to, try to put the boxes down as to like how you want to be able to describe it or be described or whatever, that's, that's generally where people start running into issues. So fascinating. Very, very it's interesting cool. you talk about like the energy that flows through everything. Um, in our last podcast recording um, on psychedelic podcast, so we've dropped the comrade. It's psychedelic podcast. Um, you heard it here. Psychedelic, <laughs> psychedelic podcast. That's so cool. I didn't get the comrades thing, so you know I was you know I wasn't gonna say anything. I think psychedelic podcast sounds way better. It works. Uh, it really I'm works. A huge um, so we were talking about the concept of God. We briefly touched on that and how I said that, you know, oh, some people, if they believe in God, they might find that God is, you know, they might question why God would allow evil to happen and things like that. And I don't really like to think in terms of good and evil and all that because you know they're not like, real they're, they're made of yeah complex. exactly yeah, they're just like they're, you can have is. an experience yeah. that is bad and then two years later you realize that was actually a really good thing so it funny can, enough that's that's such a common thing in psychedelics when people talk about having a bad trip and what they really mean is they got showed a bunch of shit that they were really uncomfortable with because they got I've never had the something. bad trip 
that they got showed something that was uh, how something actually was as opposed to their bullshit mental vision of how they wanted things to be. Um, and that dissonance between what they were picturing in their head and what was actually there was so great that they had a, a difficult time. And I, I'm the same way. I've, I've never had a bad trip. Um, I've had some that were um, more difficult than others or some that were longer and more intense than others for sure. But I've never had a bad trip. And I yeah. think, I think just kind of having that open mind of, of, you know, it's, uh, it's the, who wants to be a millionaire? It's phone a friend, you know, it's like what I need, when I need a little more, when I need a little more clarity, <laughs> Hey, let me drop acid or let me do mushrooms and, uh, and let me see what the, what the world, the universe has to tell me about what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I was going to say about the concept of God was that, um, I think the way that I see God is more of the the planet itself has a consciousness that we all are connected to and it flows through everything. And that consciousness is aware of itself and it's aware of us and we can be aware of it if we choose to be or we can ignore it and be sheep and put the TV on. Um, you know, but when you, when you drop acid or when you take mushrooms, you connect to that. It's like the veil and every kind of separation that you place between yourself and that energy is suddenly gone. At least that was my first experience with mushrooms. And my first experience with mushrooms was probably my biggest step towards shamanism, if you will, um, because it, it really took me to a place where I, I could see the energy connecting everything. And I could see the interplay between all the organisms, the trees and how the trees were dancing in their own energy and how they were communicating with the other trees. And I could see the entire energy grid around us and how we were all in it in a space time continuum that I didn't even know about until later on when I started studying quantum physics. I was like, oh, I already know about this stuff. I've seen it. I've been in it. I'm in it right now. I just can't see it because I'm not tripping or whatever but it's there and um the mushroom actually i think because i was in a place of of deep respect and the people that i was around were deeply respecting me and caring for me and had put this experience together for my 21st birthday um that's a good the mushroom <laughs> it was it was great it was the best best present i've ever gotten um the mushroom actually took me into the ground and allowed me to be mycelium in the dirt at the base of a tree and allowed me to sort of birth myself out of the ground, out of the dirt as the fruiting body of the mushroom so that I could experience for myself what it was like to be a mushroom. And I knew in that moment, I don't know where my body was, but I knew that um, the mushroom was showing me itself the way that the mushroom could show me myself. And so it was showing me that we're all connected in this way, that I am the mushroom if I you, wanted you to. Are, you literally are a mushroom. I mean, even if you, if you take all of the cosmic, all the spiritual shit away from it, is that like you are like 35, 40% of your DNA is fungi based. Like we are all animals on this plant. Like we actually have more in common with mushrooms than we do with the plant kingdom. Because like that's, that's, genetically where we come from so huh. this uh that connection you know it, it really it, the the mycelial network really is this like physical embodiment of this energy that connects everything and it really is to me like this a nervous system fractal version yeah exactly of the of the like of something physical that's trying to create something energetic like it's just trying to be a representation of something energetic and that mycelial celial network that connects everything you know people don't it when when your farm's not growing shit it means you were not taking care of the mycelia that were living in your topsoil and as yeah. soon as you stop destroying it everything will be fine because they they do the energy work that you talk about they'll tell they know when your plant needs more of something or less of something and they just do it um yeah that's really interesting i think the mycelium acts as an anchor for 
um, the energy to become physical, much like our, um, our, our nervous system and our gray matter in our brain translates the energy field into real form in our bodies, into hormones releasing and chemicals moving through us, um, synapses firing and stuff like that. And it's like you said, the mycelium is, is moving that energy around, but it's also translating and transmuting things. So it's, it's, I call it the mother mushroom because to me, it's taking care of the planet. It's nurturing and it's caring for the planet and it, and it keeps, it keeps uh, growing and it has all this ancestral knowledge embedded in it that the trees use as, you know, a network to send messages to each other through the mycelium. I mean, all of this information is stored there. To me, that's, that's the mother mushroom. Yeah, I, I think that, that people are really starting to grasp onto this um, in mainstream a lot more than I would have ever expected um, for, have you, this is it's gonna sound like it's kind of off subject, but have you watched Star Trek Discovery at all? No. Okay, so t totally fine. Doesn't seem like it should be connected. Um, but so uh, Star Trek Discovery is, um, it, it takes place on board uh, a starship called the Discovery. And um, the, it's a black ops vehicle for, the, US, for the, um, the Federation of Planets because its drive is a mycelial spore drive that can basically can take you to any other place in the universe and actually you find out in the multiverse in a split second because it just follows the track of the mycelial network and i was like holy shit this is like this is this is like advanced psychedelic stuff and it's like a main plot point of like one of the biggest shows on television right now and i was huh. like that's this awesome sort of truth bomb that they've kind of just like hidden in the back of star trek right now fascinating yeah, yeah. it's it's really really cool um uh if you're not if you're not a science fiction person it's probably not not in your bag but they do do some really cool stuff and i look forward to the new season myself all right so i don't <laughs> want to take up too much of your time because i could literally talk about this shit all day, every day. Um, so this is what, uh, so two questions. Um, one, in this energetically tumultuous time that we all find ourselves in right now, what do you think is a good thing that people can do for grounding themselves right now, for, for trying to set a base in the midst of all of this hurricane of energy that's just really like surrounding us all of the time um so there's that question and then uh the follow-up there would be um i like to ask all of my energetic guests what the um what the most ridiculous um occurrence that they've that they've had in their life in terms of like when magic or energy just like inserted themselves in a situation and shenanigans happen because of so if that exists, I would love to hear it. So yeah, those two questions, answer them in any order that you want. So I'll start with question one. And this, this is like, this is kind of cheesy to me because I say this all the time. You're familiar with the band Tool. Yeah, of course. Of course. I've been listening to Tool since I was 10 years old. And Tool has become my gospel. Um, the lyrics just pop into my head at certain times that relate to things. If I can't, if I'm trying to explain something really big, it comes condensed in the form of tool lyrics. Um, we have to burn or, it all down. Say what? We have to burn it all down and rebuild. Oh yeah, that for sure. Um, no, I think for question number one, I would say the one thing that we can do, um, What's the name of the song? I can hear the lyric in my head. Lie supine away with your back to the ground. Dis and reconnect to the resonance now. You were never an island. Um, basically, shut off the TV, put the phone down, walk away from social media, walk away from the fear mongering, the constant drone of the media, and the noise of, of the cities, the cars, the people, everything, just walk away and go into the woods or a field or someplace 
that is beautiful to you and do exactly that lie down on the ground and just be there just be there for a moment and observe everything around you with no expectation I mean, you can't have any expectation really when you go into the woods because the woods just are. They show us how to just be. Nature just is. It doesn't have expectations. It doesn't have judgments. It just is there surviving, chaotic, clawing at itself, trying to survive, trying to reach for the light. And when you lay there and you look up and you see the trees or hear the breeze or see the sunshine or, or hear birds or feel the grass or a bug crawling on your leg or whatever it is that is grounding that to me is the ultimate reconnection to just be out in nature with nothing to do nowhere to be no one around you no particular goal just to sit and observe everything around you and I've had many, 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 many mystical experiences where I just walked into the woods, even as a young child. My first, my, and this is not my answer to question number two, but relates more to this question number one. It was a young child, probably six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And I was uh, visiting family in, in uh, actually here in Michigan, ironically enough, unrelated to what I'm doing here now. Um, I just, I traveled an awful lot as a kid and my aunt lived here at the time and she lived in an apartment building and I, I went behind the apartment building cause there was some trees and I could see a path that went down there and I went through and it was like, I had left the entire world behind because what I found was a riverbed. Um, there were, there were geese walking along the river. There were otters playing in the river. The water was shining like diamonds. And none of this like intense amount of wildlife seemed to even notice me. I just sat there quietly and took it all in and was amazed that all of this was right here behind this tree line. And that I was, you know, a human in it, but I wasn't bothering it. And it wasn't bothered by me. It was continuing to exist despite the fact that I was there. And I felt um, just in awe of it all. And I thought, wow, this is so amazing. It was like a, a Disney princess kind of moment, you know, <laughs> the birds and everything. And I was like, wow, they're not afraid oh, of me. Yeah. It's just so cool. That's awesome. Snow White. Um, so I think that song is a perfect circle disillusioned. It is. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah great song yeah um, and okay that yeah you, you said this earlier you're like yeah and I, and I you know I know when to tell people to just go into nature or that they just need to drink water one those two things just fucking do them anyway like just, like, just, just go into nature <laughs> take your shoes off you and go put your feet on ground yeah connect yourself and drink water like I just, teach it, people this all the time because they're like, I don't know how to do any of this. And I'm like, okay, put your bare feet on the ground and focus on the sensation of your feet upon the earth. And then focus on the sensation of the earth holding your feet up. And then the rest kind of takes over. Like the planet will take over from there. So, so question number two, my most recent super intense experience I call it the initiation by storm. Um, <laughs> I, um, gosh, when was this? January. I should have known. I should have known 2020 was going to be a big old bitch when I went through this. I was, um, I went to North Carolina with my children from Michigan. So that's a 12 hour drive. And I went down there and I, uh, I lived in my in-laws house there were one, two, three, four, five women and four children under the age of five, all of us together for about three and a half to four weeks. And it was very intense. And I learned an awful lot um, about relationships and personalities and responsibilities and all these things. And then finally had enough and decided to drive myself and my children back up north. And everything was good until I hit Ohio and actually got off track a little bit. 
the GPS took me a way that I wasn't expecting to go. It didn't take me on the turnpike. It took me a little bit back roads. So I was on a two lane highway and the sun started to set and uh, a blizzard hit. And the, the snow started to freeze on my windshield and my wipers quit working. Like they were working, but it wasn't doing anything. Right. I couldn't see. Um, so my, my defrost was, was, I don't know if I just didn't have it on the right setting or what was going on, but I could not get this thing to defrost and it was getting darker and darker, but I was already so close to home. I was maybe three hours out and I thought, let me just see how far I can really get. Cause I really should get home at this point. Um, I, uh, I had my dog with me too. So I was like leaning way over trying to like peer through a small hole in the ice and trying to drive and it was getting pretty dark and it was basically night at this point by the time i got onto the 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 actual highway um it was snowing really hard i mean i was in the middle of a blizzard there were 18 wheelers just on either side of me i was in the center lane and i didn't dare deviate because i couldn't see the lines i could only see the tracks of the tractor trailer in front of me and I could see them on either side of me. So I was like, I'm just gonna stay right here. And I'm just gonna go with the flow. We were all going about 20 miles an hour. I was scared out of my mind. I was sweating. I was, I was shaking. Um, my children were screaming in the car, you know, cause that's what children do when you get stressed out. <laughs> they have a way of picking up on your energy and just sending it through the roof. I was, I had the heat on full blast because I was trying to defrost the windshield and, and it was kind of helping, but not really. Um, I didn't want to pull over because I was, I was, well, for one thing, I was really close. And for another thing, I couldn't see the edge of the road. And I thought if I pull over and stop, someone's going to hit me because they were not going to be able to see me. Um, at that point, I was really glad that I took my mother-in-law's advice on not buying a white car. Uh, instead I have a dark blue car. So at least there was that because <laughs> she was right. She told me if there's ever a snowstorm, no one's going to see you. And in that moment I was like, thank the Lord. I listened to her. So I started praying to God, um, in the real traditional sense, because I didn't know what else to do. And I said, please, God, if you let me get home, I'll do whatever it is you need me to do. Just let me get these kids home just you know keep me safe help me somehow do something i need this right now if you could just do this right now i'll do literally whatever you want and uh and nothing happened nothing happened it just kind of got worse um so so i i had like a a weird scary moment of of like maximum power. Like I wasn't adrenaline. It was something else that was real deep that I was like, I'm, it was almost like um, how I felt when I was giving birth to my children. You hit a point where you can't go back. You have to go forward no matter what. And uh, you just, you just, you just fucking do it. And I, I did like a reverse prayer. I started talking to God and I said, look, you obviously not going to help me. I don't give a shit. I'm mad. I'm going to get through this without your help. And, and you're going to watch, you're going to watch me do this shit on my own. I was livid. I was like scared, angry. And, uh, <laughs> my, my windshield started to defrost. <laughs> the highway started to open up and snow plows came out of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, I was, I was in Michigan at that point and I didn't have much further to go. And, you know, they were putting salt on the roads and I could see the lines. There were lights and I could see the edges of the roads. I could see the tractor trailers. We were all starting to go a little bit faster. So a stretch that would have taken me about two and a half, three hours, took me about four, five hours. I was completely exhausted when I got home, but, uh, I freaking got there. <laughs> You watched Midnight Gospel on Netflix yet? Mm -mm. Uh, I honestly don't watch much TV. So, <laughs> it's really um, hard for me to watch TV. I, I think that Midnight Go I think you should watch Midnight Gospel. So it's um, uh, it is um, the 
man, Duncan Trussell, he's a comedian, um, but he's a, uh, he's a Buddhist comedian. And um, he ha- his podcasts are amazing. He's, he's got one of the top podcast shows in the world, uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And so basically the, um, the producers and animators from Adventure Time were like, your podcast is so amazing. We want to put it in like a psychedelic universe and like just basically you do your podcast. So it's kind of like if like Rick and Morty was like a podcast in like space, it's, it's incredible, incredible. Um, so um, they had Damien Eccles on, on one of the episodes and there's only eight of them and they're, I've literally watched it like 30 times because I, I don't watch much TV either, but I, I, I will rewatch good stuff over and over again. So Damien Eccles was, um, he's um, a high magic practitioner uh, who in 1993 was falsely convicted of murdering a child in Tennessee and was sentenced to death um, and spent like eight years on death row for a crime that he didn't commit. Um, specifically because at the time, like, it was, like, the peak of, like, anti-Satanist, like, fervor, and he just happened to be a magic practitioner, and that's all the local constabulary needed to convict him was, like, well, this kid was killed in some weird ritual, you do rituals, must have killed him, Um, and it totally wasn't, it wasn't involved in any, any way, shape, or form, so, um, uh, so he, Damon Eccles is like one of my heroes. He's like this uh, amazing person who just like had to endure being in prison and the people in prison murdered a child and just like the, like learning meditation, going deeper into his practices there to like sustain himself. Um, and then, uh, you know, he talks about, about at the end of his prison sentence, he didn't even feel like he was in prison anymore because he like, he could just, you know, astral project anywhere that he wanted to be at any point in time and um but he he makes this statement um that he says that uh that the bible is the um is the most powerful book of magic ever written you just have to know how to read it and um i i've been thinking about that a lot and i think that that's i think it's probably true i just think that i think that the religion that formed around the Bibles, like just is not taking into account a lot of the great, you know, magical energetic practices that are baked into those words. And, um, and as you were, um, as you were like, uh, going through that, like two things came to mind, which was that, you know, God helps the, those who help themselves, um, because you are God. So it's like, if you're just like, gonna like, just, you know, ask nicely for, for someone that's not involved to be involved, then, well, that's probably not going to work out very well. But if you're like, no, this has to happen, then, you know, and focus on it, that'll happen. And then also like, you know, physician heal thyself. Um, you know, those are like similar concepts. I, so I definitely think that there's something, something there. Uh, and I mean, I've definitely I've, done a lot of self-healing. That's the only way that I think I could do so much healing now on others because I do energy healing sessions in person and distance. Um, and I've, I've gone through quite a hellacious life to um, experience the pain that I think healers ultimately are supposed to experience so that they understand the depths of it and the triggers and the seats of it and the all the pain joy axes and all these things so yeah well awesome uh was oh yeah this one other story came to to mind that i'll share here because you said trial by storm um which i thought was was really interesting um my my partner uh callie who's been walking around in the background here a couple times so when i met her um, she, she's a very natural empath and didn't realize it. Um, and she's like, she had access to all of this energy and didn't have terminology for what was going on. And so she never really put it together until she started dating me. And I was like, well, these are why these things were going on. But there was this very specific example. We were, um, I'm from Florida. We were driving in, around in Orlando. Um, I think I just picked her up from the airport and I was explaining, I was like, no, really, like how things work is you, you speak them, like you say them to the universe and then that happens. And she very flippantly, but very energetically um, said to me, she's, she's like, Seamus, that's, that's not how things work. I can't just say, hey, there's going to be a storm and a storm just shows up and I shit you not. Like it was like a bright 
blue sky, sunny Florida day. And then it was like the lights went out, like clouds rolled in. And it was like, we had to stop, we had to pull over. We went to a McDonald's to eat because like, this like storm from hell came out of nowhere. And I was like, you, you see what she did? That's what happens when you speak. And when you speak with intention flippantly, this stuff happens. Um, so yeah, so she, that was awesome. She had her trial by, by storm as well. Um, so awesome. Dawn, thank you so much for being on The Sacred Shame today. Um, I, I love you guys' podcast. It's always a lot of fun. I look forward to hearing your new episode uh, that you've recorded and talked a lot about but haven't put up yet or I haven't seen it up yet. I have been doing magics in my kitchen all day. So if it's up, I didn't see it. Um, but uh, so Psychedelics Podcast. That's right now, right? Psychedelics Podcast. Um, and uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, uh, Podcast Republic, all of the places that you're going to find good podcasts, you're going to find Psychedelics Podcast. Uh, anything else that we could share before we close it up? I literally could talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. So well, we um, will definitely have you back on because I think that, uh, I, yeah, I'm sure that we'll have stuff where I'm like, I need to get a shaman's opinion on this and we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back. Definitely. I've, I've always got a lot of um, stuff going on with the collective. Like it's been lately I've been um, it's, it's like I've ditched the news media for the collective media, if you will. And that's where I get my information from now. Like I'll be like, Oh, this is going on in the collective. That's going on in the collective just because I have such a broad outside view that I can be like, oh, well, people in this, part of the planet and this part of the planet are going through something similar. So I start to see a lot of overlap and things like that. So um, I'm always happy to share my perspective with you. I really appreciate being on your show. And um, as you mentioned, I'm from the Psychedelic Podcast, which you can find pretty much everywhere. Our, our latest episode is not up yet, but I will shoot you the link as soon as it's published. Great, and I'll drop it in the show notes here uh, whenever you guys update it. So. Dawn Wallace, thank you so much for being on the show, and um, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Seamus. Appreciate it.